everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of the All-American Sports Podcast here. I'm your host, Chris Carr, bringing you guys a brand new episode, previewing the upcoming NFL season next. So as I mentioned today, getting into a brand new type of episode here today on the All-American Sports Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Chris Carr. Great to be joining you guys again, and I have a special episode today. Now, I'm doing the NFL preview here, and I've shared my thoughts. You know, I'm going to come out with, I think, another video, you know, records and everything basic, award predictions, everything like that. But today, I found it interesting, and I've been reading a lot more sports articles lately as, you know, college football season starts to heat up. Um, NFL starts to, you know, heat up, get going. Uh, You know, we've got the NBA, crazy offseason, MLB playoffs coming, everything, you know, in the sports world is kind of coming together right now. Um, But I read a great article by Connor Orr um, in Sports Illustrated. I shouldn't just say that because there's a phenomenal amount of articles. I'm a subscriber to Sports Illustrated. But I kind of got creative with this episode. Let me know what you guys think. So what I'm going to do is lay out in this article, so he's projecting... Um, all the teams, and he does a best case and a worst case, and kind of describes you know each thing, and he doesn't give a verdict on what would happen. I thought it would be cool if I gave a verdict, if I had to pick one. It might not feel super strongly one way, but if I had to you know pick one, I'll pick it. So I'm doing it with the AFC teams today. So there's 16. I'm gonna get it to you guys quick. I have school. I have work. I have a lot of things. Um, going on. So my episodes will probably be a bit shorter for the time being, but I'm still going to do those weekly previews. I'm not going to have as much of those car talk episodes, but I know you guys did like them. I will try to get them going again. Um, but today is just supposed to be, you know, kind of a, a quick episode, quick recap. I've shared my thoughts on how most of the teams are going to do. This is kind of a review, but also a creative built into it. I like it. Hopefully you guys do too. Uh, let's get right into it. Starting off in the AFC East, number one is the Buffalo Bills. Um, the best case for the Bills, and this is uh, how Connor Orr writes it, is a Super Bowl victory. The Bills have the best, uh, have the coach, the staff, the offensive line, the pass rush, secondary, and obviously the quarterback and Josh Allen. They're well-built, deep, and experienced. There's no safer pick this year with so many powerhouses retooling. That's the best case. Now, the worst case for them is the offensive misses coordinator, Brian Dable. Now, the Giants head coach, more than expected. But that seems unlikely because his replacement, Ken Dorsey, has worked with Allen the past three seasons as quarterback's coach. And that continuity should keep the offense humming. And he even says it. He lays down the law here for me. Now, I don't think Buffalo is um, you know, that great, to be honest. But he even says, this is like the one team where he's like the worst case scenario here is very, very like, it's almost impossible for the Bills to be a bad, bad team this year. They're going to be good. I don't really see a Super Bowl victory, and it's also a very boring pick, to be honest, uh, because everybody has them uh, right now to win this Super Bowl. Everybody and their mother, really. I mean, every guy I talk to is the Buffalo Bills. You know, they're the safe pick. I get it. They are for a reason. They are a complete team. Their quarterback is one of the best in the league, and um, uh, you know they were they were really good last year. And even in a tough division, that's going to give them a good test. The AFC is tough this year, but I'm going to go best case for the Buffalo Bills. They're just that good of a team. 
Uh, number two, the New England Patriots. The best case is division title number 18 for Bill Belichick with former offensive coordinator Josh McDaniel now running things in Las Vegas. The Patriots' new committee of coaches taps the unrealized potential of the team's skill players, and Jones looks like the best quarterback of the 2021 draft. Interesting. Worst case, the Patriots, who badly miss McDaniels, who has been pl- calling plays since 2012, and free agent losses such as cornerback J.C. Jackson and guard Ted Karras hurt, while signings such as receiver Devontae Parker and safety Jabril Peppers fail to make an impact. Now, I am obviously a Patriots fan, and I'm going to keep the bias out of it. I'm going worst case for the Patriots. I I hate to say it, but I can't go best case because, honestly, I don't see a division title at all. I don't think this team is going to be that good. I think my best case for them is like a 10-7, and 9-7 and team, and I think they're more likely to round out as like a 7-9, and 6-10, to be honest. They have a tough, tough schedule. They're going to be competitive in nearly every game just because that's the way Bill Belichick is. But there is question marks all around this roster. They made a lot of changes in the offseason. Yeah, we've been hearing Mac Jones has taken a leap. And that's great. You know, I'd love to see that. But, you know, he doesn't really have a lot of help. And we don't know. That's no guarantee, really, of how good he's going to be. He's still a young quarterback. He's still learning. He's got a whole brand new offense. And, you know, second year, he goes right in the thick of it with now a whole new community of coaches, which I don't know if that's going to work out because the practices have been messy. Preseason was not great. I'm worried about this team, especially in a much improved vision. Um, number three, the Miami Dolphins. Uh, their best case is Mike McDaniel uh, cements Tua Tagovailoa as a legitimate NFL starter, something predecessor Brian Flores struggled to do with his revol- revolving door of offensive coordinators. The offense is further boosted by the additions of Hill and tackle to Ron Armstead. Now, the worst case is Tua struggles, in part because the league has finally learned how to stop the increasingly popular Shanahan-style offense that McDaniel was brought in to deploy. As a result, Miami's surprising firing of Brian Flores after a winning season looks like a big mistake. Now, this is probably the hardest team in the NFL to pick a side on because it's, really, it's going to be either really good or really bad. Um, and honestly, I I just, I, Mike McDaniels to me, I cannot be that confident in. I'm very worried about this defense. They have holes all over the board. I mean, the only thing that I'm really confident in is their corners. Literally everything else is awful and atrocious. And Byron Jones, meanwhile, is starting the season on IR, so... A lot of question marks on the defense side of the ball, and we don't even know, heck, if Mike McDaniels can't even coach the defense side of the ball. Um, He's a strictly offensive guy, and that worries me a lot, uh, especially as a new coach and a risky hire, in my opinion, just because of his style and everything. Um, And, you know, it it shows. You know, New England's going to know how to beat him. I I can guarantee that. Patriots are going to know how to beat this team. Um, Robert Sala is a defensive genius. The Bills are just simply better can't see this team getting a ton of division wins. I think they're going to have a hard-fought battle, and I don't think Tua Tagovailoa is that good, to be honest. I really don't. He's going to have a lot more help around him this year, but I don't know if that's going to make that much of an impact. I'm going worst case in the Miami Dolphins. Uh, next is the New York Jets. Um, and by the way, I should probably say the projected records for each of those teams. Uh, according to Sports Illustrated, Buffalo is projected 13-4, New England is projected 10-7, and Miami is projected 8-9, which is not 
a little lower than I expected, to be honest. Uh, New York, meanwhile, the Jets are projected 6-11. Their best case, according to Connor Orr, is fans and management show patience as the Jets win seven games, something the team has done just once in the last six years. GM Joe Douglas, who arrived in June 2019, continues the time-consuming task of rebuilding the team from the ground up. Worst case, in a key developmental year for Wilson, the number two pick in the 2021 draft, shows only modest improvement, and that leaves Douglas with a thorny question of whether to stick with Wilson for another year or move on and take, an, take advantage of a QB-rich draft in 2023. Once again, I'm going worst case. I'm not a big believer in Zach Wilson. I really struggled his first year, and you know every single sign points to him being a boss. When you look at this kid, the eye test actually isn't that bad. He really can do a lot of things. He has some good flashes, but he's not consistent at all. Um, his numbers are atrocious. His, you know, and his style of play is actually pretty good. But this offensive line, yes, they made improvements all over the board, and I appreciate that. I think they're going in the right direction. But right now, they're not are in a really great spot. And to me, that worst case scenario doesn't sound like that bad. Like, I feel like that's realistic. And that is honestly, some of the elements of that go into the best case. I don't see this team flourishing as a seven win team, especially in this division. I think they've made a lot of rookie improvements, but it's not going to have a lot of right away impact. So I'm going worst case scenario for the New York Jets there. If I had to pick a side. Next, we're going to the AFC North. Uh, number one, the Baltimore Ravens with a projected record of 11-6. and six, Which is kind of interesting because this team, you know, did not win the division last year. They were uh, struggling for sure. But um, the over-under on their win total is 9.5. And, and I'll start saying that. Uh, for the AFC, uh, their over-unders, Buffalo is 11.5. New England is 8.5. Miami is 8.5, and, and New York is 5.5. So I'll start saying that, too. Um, I, I'm kind of going with the flow. I apologize uh, with this episode. But let me know if you guys like the adjustments because the NFC one is going to be even better. Um, the best-case scenario for the Baltimore Ravens, according to Orr, is this year health is on the Ravens' side. The defensive backfield re- uh, rebounds, and Jackson connects with a young group of receivers to take his next step as a passer in his fifth season. Baltimore resumes its place among the heavy blue bloods in the top, or in among the blue bloods in the top heavy AFC. Now the worst case is in an uncharacteristic twist, a Ravens defense is less than the sum of its parts as the secondary is slow to gel, and too often Baltimore falls behind early. The Ravens must scratch, scratch and claw back each week to simply stay in the wild card race. Um, this one's tough too, because they don't have Hollywood Brown anymore. So you're looking at a new style of their offense, because they've got a kind of a running back by committee, a scrappy offense. Their offensive line has been deteriorating the past few years. Now I'm a believer in Lamar Jackson, but he can really only take you so far. I think you need help in the postseason for this team to really achieve. But the good thing is, hmm. Uh, it's tough, but I'm you know what, and I'm confident in this defense, but I'm going worst case scenario here. And it, this is the same thing with the New York Jets. The worst case scenario is more realistic to me, and it's not even that bad. Um, like I think they're gonna be a wild card team. I think the Bengals are by far the best team in this division. They've got a very tough division, by the way, especially when a guy like Deshaun Watson comes back. Um, and. Yeah, some of those, you know, but I I feel like expectations are absurdly high for the Ravens this year, and I'm not really sure why. 
didn't make a lot of significant improvements. Yes, they have a good draft, but they always do that. They didn't take, you know, an absolute superstar. I think Kyle Hamilton was a really good pick, but you know, you're not you're not getting a lot better on the offensive side of the ball. I'm I'm you know, I'm worried about a lot of things in this team. Their defense is getting much and much older. They always battle injuries and they haven't overachieved the past few years. They haven't had good seasons in a while. And, you know, some people could say, well, they're due. They have the talent. Yeah, sure, but they haven't proved it to me yet. They haven't proved it to me in a while. They didn't make a change this offseason that, you know, forced me to lean the other way. I'm going worst-case scenario for the Baltimore Ravens. Number two, the Cincinnati Bengals. Best case is last year's winter run was no fluke as Joe Burrow picks up right where he left off and becomes the third Bengals quarterback after Boomer Esiason and Ken Anderson to capture NFL MVP honors. With the defense turning out in a stout season, the AFC's road to the Super Bowl runs through Cincinnati. Worst case, the wear and tear of last year's 21-game slate shows up in injuries on the defense, leading to a weekly shootouts. Burrow provides enough firepower to keep the Cincinnati offensive live, but the team must fight for its playoff life in season-ending home dates with Buffalo and Baltimore. By the way, can we take a second to appreciate how well-written this is? I really like it. Uh, this guy knows the game well, I can tell. Um, I, I love it. And um, the projected record for the Bengals is 11-6, but their over-under is only 9.5, which kind of surprised me because, yes, I don't think this team is as great as last season. You know, you just get that feeling with a young team like this that had a great season. Like, they don't have a lot outside of Joe Burrow. I Well, Jamar Chase, I guess... Defense side of the ball does worry me, though. I know they improved the offensive line. I like it with the best case, but honestly, the worst case, again, is not really that bad, and it's more realistic. Um, but, you know, then again, I'm a believer in Burrow, but I'm going with the worst case scenario here just because I think I don't think Zach Taylor is that great of a coach. And once again, they're in a tough division. I can't see... Joe Burrow winning the MVP this year, and I don't think the AFC road to the Super Bowl is going to run through Cincinnati. I can see them more realistically fighting for their life for the playoffs late this season. Number three, the Cleveland Browns. Their projected 22 record is 7-10. They do not have an over-on-under because of the Deshaun Watson situation. Now they probably do, and you can look at that on betting sites, but this was written a few weeks ago before we knew about Deshaun Watson's official suspension. Uh, but the best case here is that Brissett gives the Browns steadier quarterback play than Baker Mayfield, now a Panther did a year ago. With the run game thriving behind Nick Chubb and the defense taking another step, the Browns stay in AFC North contention as the calendar flips to January. And the worst case is a few close September losses snowball on a team full of distractions. The front office and coach Kevin Stefanski come under fire as another season unravels and the Browns miss the playoffs. And their high first-round pick in 2023, well, that belongs to Houston. And that is uh, the outcome of the Deshaun Watson trade, we know. And honestly, I now the worst case for this is pretty bad. But I'm not a huge believer in um, Jacoby Brissett. You know, you're looking at a long suspension for Watson. Watson. And I think this team, honestly, is headed in the direction of, you know, uh, contention a, a year or two from now. Not this year. I really think they're they're... Kind of thrown in the towel, honestly, already. Yeah, they'll be competitive. Cleveland's always an interesting team because they can really beat everybody with their running game. 
um, that firepower. They made improvements, and I think this team is heading in the right direction. If they had Deshaun Watson, you know, um, ready to go week one, I'd be saying a different story right now, but they have Jacoby Brissett for 11 weeks, so... That is really the one thing that's holding them back. I see the worst-case scenario playing out here. I hate to say it. Uh, number four is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Their projected uh, 2022 record is 6-11, with the over and under being 7.5. The best case is, unlike 2021, the defense is much more uh, than just the T.J. Watt show. With the revival on that side of the ball and Pickett stepping in under center in October and a thriving point guard role. It's a revival for the black and gold as they take back the AFC North crown. Wow. Bold move, but I like it. Worst case, uh, the quarterback play is no better than it was with an aging Roethlisberger. Pickett doesn't show coaches enough to start, while Trubisky flashes ability, but is erratic as usual. The run defense remains an issue, and the Steelers squander another year of Watts Prime. Uh, I want... This is tough. This is really tough because I think this is a team that's probably going to be somewhere in the middle. Um, I don't think Pickett's going to thrive, though. That's the big part of the best-case scenario. And I don't think – I just don't think they're going to win the division. I think they could be competitive up there. But the Ravens and the Bengals are two better teams. When you usually have one or two definitely better teams in the division – uh, you're not looking good. So I would say worst case scenario for Pittsburgh. I don't really love any of their quarterbacks. They can be a solid competitive team, but I worry about the offensive line. And the defense is solid. You're always going to be solid. You have TJ Watt and decent pass coverage, but it's not enough to you know really shut teams down anymore. People have figured their defense out. Uh, next, we go to the AFC South. Two more divisions here. Um, the 2022 projected record for the Colts is 12-5, and five, with the over and under being 9.5. Best case for the Colts is Matt Ryan shows that he has some life left in his arm, and Taylor earns his second straight all-pro nod at running back. New defensive coordinator Gus Bradley fills in ably for the departed Matt Eberfluss, now the Bears coach, and the Colts sweep through a vulnerable AFC South. And the worst case for the Colts is Ryan shows his age and becomes the third consecutive one-and-done quarterback in Indianapolis. That really hurts because the Colts have a deep roster full of talented players. But once again, the signal caller lets down a team that has Super Bowl upset. I'm going best-case scenario for the Colts. I don't see any team in this division that's really looking promising, to be honest. I don't, I'm not a big believer in the Titans. I've said that before. Uh, Jacksonville, I think, can be better, but uh, that roster and coaching staff will only take you so far. I, I don't think they're going, um, you know, anywhere near uh, Indianapolis. I, I just can't see it. And Houston is Houston. I, I don't like. I didn't like the Lovey Smith hire. I think this team is, you know, has great energy and chemistry. It's like the Lions, but they're worse. They have great energy, chemistry. They love their coach, and. You know, they've got everything going for them. But as a team competing in the NFL, I don't see them being anywhere near the top. I think they'll be solid. They'll be competitive. They'll surprise some people in some games. But they can't, you know, sustain high play all season. So I go best case scenario for the Colts. I think they win the division. Number two is the Tennessee Titans with a projected record of 9-8. and eight. Their over-under is 9.5. The best-case scenario for them is pushed by the arrival of quarterback Malik Willis. Third-round pick out of Liberty, Ryan Tannehill has his best season to date. 
Titans pick up where they left off in 2021 and buoyed by a healthy season from Henry, again win the division in their first playoff game in three years. The worst case for Titans are the offense struggles mightily, which prompts Tennessee to turn to the talented but raw Willis before he is ready. Seems unlikely that Vrabel would have put his back against the wall, but desperate teams have made similarly rash moves since the dawn of football. Worst case for Tennessee, and that uh, injury the other day to Harold Landry with the ACL was really the uh, the nail in the coffin there. I, I you know, and I'm saying this before you know the season's even started, but they could surprise some people, but they'd really have to you know do a lot of things right. They'd have to have a lot of things you know, go best case scenario for them to really turn some heads because you're looking at a very risky play and Caleb Farley probably is your, you know, number one, number two corner on the outside. Robert Woods, you know, he's coming off of an ACL injury and he's your number one receiver. Um, we haven't heard great things about Traylon Burks, even though I am a believer, but Henry is coming off injury. Um, I don't like Willis right away. I think he could thrive a year or two from now. Um, but he's not going to be consistent. I think he's going to be like a Jalen Hurts year one if he does end up playing. Like, he's not going to be that. He can maybe win you some games, surprise some people, but not good enough to win the division. Um, and I'm not a huge believer in Tannehill anymore. I really think Arthur Smith was the perfect fit for him, and when he had receivers, it was a lot easier. When he had a good running game, when everything was working with his team, he was awesome. But when things are bad, he's just not a quarterback that's great under pressure, in my opinion. And like I said, a lot of holes in the defense. I think they're be- they their defense is really built the wrong way. Like their their strong points are their linebackers and their safeties, which is you really you want a good pass rush and, and corners on the outside who can cover. Um, but I you know Vrabel's gonna be good. He's gonna be competitive in games just because he's a, such a talented coach. But I don't I this I can see this team finishing right where they are. You know. It, 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 eight and nine or something like that best case but their worst case fits the uh fits the bill more for them in my opinion number three is the jacksonville jaguars their projected 2022 record is five and 12 when they're over under at six and a half the best case is under doug peterson lawrence shakes off a wobbly rookie year and plays like the generational prospect he was at clemson Nothing else really matters in Jacksonville in 2022, although it would be nice if the top pick defensive end Trayvon Walker justifies the Jaguars' choice. And in the worst case is last year they fired the head coach, and this year the Jaguars realized that, uh, that the head of personnel, Trent Baalke, needs to go too. After Walker disappoints and so does wide receiver Christian Kirk, who's signing from Arizona, which, by the way, four years, $72 million, raised plenty of eyebrows. Now, I think Doug Peterson is a quarterback guru. I think Lawrence is a generational talent. Therefore, I'm going best case scenario because um, it doesn't say much. But uh, once again, I, same thing in the Colts. I When they said best case scenario, they, I think, are going to take advantage of a vulnerable division. I don't think there's a ton of talent in this division. I think it's the worst in the NFL. Um, you know, I, yeah, it is the worst in the NFL, in my opinion. Um. But, you know, I think, I think Peterson and Lawrence could do some work. And when you have a really good quarterback and a good connection with, you know, an experienced head coach now, you're going to do some damage, especially in a division like this. So I'm going to go best case scenario for Jacksonville. I think they got some playmakers on the defense side of the ball. I didn't love the Trayvon Walker pick, but he could certainly make an impact. His versatility is something to watch out for. Um, I like what they've done recently, honestly, with the free agency moves. Yeah, they 
probably overpaid for some guys, but it's the NFL, you know, uh, where else are you going to spend your money? I think they in, invested in some guys they believe in and, you know, you can't knock them for it. Christian Kirk is, you know, a decent receiver, probably not a one, but he could surprise some people. You're taking a shot on him. I like it. They don't really have a lot to lose and I like it. Um, the Jaguars are taking risk and they've got a good head coach that I like. I just don't think they're going to be an excellent team. Uh, number four, the Houston Texans. Their projected 2022 record is 4-13. Over-under sitting pretty at 4.5, matching their record. Uh, the best-case scenario for the Houston Texans is the Texans win 6-8 to eight games and Smith has retained his coach. Uh, this provides much-needed stability at the top of an organization that in January fired David Culley after one season in which he somehow won four games with a broken roster. The worst case is that the Texans stick with Mills as losses mount and becomes clear that this team is assembled with an eye toward Houston ultimate goals of improved draft position and future salary cap space. Their season demonstrates why tanking is a blight on the sport. I think the worst case is pretty disrespectful, but I could see it happening. Um, I, six to eight games is a stretch, though. I'm not a big believer in Lovey Smith. I... Once again, the worst case is not that bad, and I see it being realistic. Like We know the Texans are, are going to be bad. For them to win six to eight games, they'd have to play like, like they did in some of the surprise victories last year, but all season long. It's weird. They have these surpri- surprise, surprise games where they play phenomenal, but then the game later, they're like, oh, yeah, this is the Houston Texans. Um, but I'm going to go worst case in this one. I don't think Davis Mills is all that bad, but... You're probably looking at another bad season out of Houston. I just don't think they have, you know, enough pieces on that roster. So, yeah, I'm going worst-case scenario. Next, the best division football, last but not least here in this episode, the AFC West, which by Connor Orr is titled Anyone's Race. Number one projected is the Kansas City Chiefs. Their record is uh, projected to be 11-6 over under uh, 10.5. The best case scenario for the Chiefs is that the Chiefs don't miss Tyreek Hill one bit, which makes them feel great about the five picks they got in the deal. Former Steeler Juju Smith-Schuster performs nicely in Hill's place, while first-round cornerback Trent McDuffie and uh, defensive end George Karloftis and live in an already stout defense. The worst case for the Chiefs uh, is that the Chiefs miss Hill in a way that suggests Coach Andy Reid's schemes need rare talent to work. Kansas City comes out of uh, this season feeling the need to rebuild after seeing the team is too dependent on aging stars such as Travis Kelsey and defensive man Frank Clark. Now, I could do a whole segment about this whole AFC West. It's so competitive. I love every team. I think any team in this division has a shot to win. They all have bright spots. But honestly, Kansas City is the team I feel most risky about. And I would never really say that about a team with the best quarterback in football. I would rarely, rarely say that, but the the defensive talent uh, on this team I don't love. I've never loved it. Steve Spagnuolo's scheme is good, though. It'll probably work a little bit. Um, it's built to, you know, it, but the problem is it's built to, you know, take advantage of quarterbacks under pressure. The problem is all the quarterbacks they're facing now are great. Justin Herbert is experienced now. He's awesome. He's improving. They can't take advantage of a young rookie like him. Uh, you got Russell Wilson, all-pro guy, 
Um, he's been around the league for a long time. He knows how to tackle defenses. Derek Carr has played against Spagnuolo for years now. He's been awesome. Um, and I don't really love the defense. There's not a lot of bright spots. They're scrappy. Uh, yes, they'll you know get some stops, but they're probably the worst defense in this division. Um, yeah, that's a bold take, whatever. But you know the the Tyree Kill and Mahomes connection was so special, and not only that, it gave them the option to dump off to Travis Kelsey. When now you don't have that, you're relying on Kelsey. Teams know how to defend good tight ends with no receivers, and I don't think this team has a lot of receiving talent. I think you get a lot of fast guys who can burn you deep once in a while, but in you, your decoy is Juju Smith-Schuster. If he stays healthy and is at the top of his game, yeah, he could be good and that offense could work, but that's a big, big if. I'm not feeling too confident about any of these running backs in the O-line to be like, oh, they can rely on the run game. Holmes is great, but the help around him sucks, and he's got a great division around him. So I'm going worst-case scenario for the Chiefs, especially, too, when it, you know, you're aging stars. you got Frank Clark at 29, and Travis Kelsey at thirty-two. I think they're. I think they're. You know, not looking good um, this year. I. I wouldn't. A rebuild is is a bit different. I'd say more of a retooling because you got Patrick Mahomes. Um, but I. I lean towards the worst case for the Chiefs. Next number two, the Los Angeles Chargers. Their projected twenty twenty two record is eleven and six. Over under is ten and a half. The best case scenario is that Herbert continues his rise. And their talented but aging receiver corps stays healthy. New personnel helps Staley run the defense he envisions for Los Angeles and not the version that buckled with a playoff berth on the line against the Raiders in Week 18. The worst case for the Chargers is the defensive additions fizzle as Jackson's big year for the Patriots looks like an outlier and Khalil Mack, 31, is too old to make a difference. That is a problem both now and down the road because the Chargers sacrificed draft capital and cap space to bring in those players. I can see the worst case happening, but honestly, like, Khalil Mack is going to make a difference, and J.C. Jackson is talented enough. They have a lot. I love the way this team is built. They made the splashes. Brandon Staley is getting what he wants out of this team. I think they're going to be very good. I think they have the best offensive line in the division. Uh, Their wide receivers are great. You got Keenan Allen. You got Mike, uh, Mike Williams, excuse me. And you got a lot of young, you know, fast guys back there behind those two. Um, and then, you know, Austin Eckler, he's always great. Now you got Sony Michelle if he gets hurt. The O-line is great. Herbert's improving. Everything about this team is going in the right direction. Because now on defense, you got a great pass rushing tandem. You got Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack. And then you got good cornerbacks. They have a load of them. And then J.C. Jackson, one of the best at the top. Um, their linebackers aren't on that great, but when you got a guy like Derwin James, in addition to those guys who can kind of play hybrid, this team is going to be really good. I think they're going to be the best in the division, best case scenario for sure for the Los Angeles Chargers. I am most confident. If I had to pick a team most confident in this division, it's them, and I'd say I'm least confident about the Chiefs, to be honest. Um, number three, the Denver Broncos. Their projected 2022 record is 10 and seven. Over under is 10 and a half. Best case scenario, as described for the Broncos, is Russell Wilson leads the way. The Broncos' offense goes from 23rd in scoring last year to top 10 in the NFL. With defensive backs Patrick Sertain, Ronald Darby, and Justin Simmons all healthy and playing full season, Denver also has a top 5 defense. And the worst case is that it turns out Wilson's struggles in 2021 were less about Seattle's scheme and more about his limitations. 
Denver's big acquisition on defense, ex-Cowboy edge rusher Randy Gregory, which was five years, $70 million deal, proves to be another misplaced bet. I'm going best case for the Broncos. This defense has zero holes. Once again, they're built like the Chargers. They got a great pass rush now uh, with Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory. Randy Gregory, I feel like, is one of the most underrated players in the NFL. Um, and I would, I would probably say up until this year because he did get that deal, but that was a very overlooked deal. Not a lot of people paid attention to it. He deserved that $70 million. Uh, Russell Wilson is great. They made an all-in type move like the Rams. I think they're built very like the Rams where Jerry Judy is, uh, is you know, kind of your Cooper Cup, Tyler Lockett guy, and Corey Sutton's your DK Metcalf, Robert Woods guy. Uh, they've got a great running back duo in the backfield that's reliable. The offensive line is solid. I mentioned how good their defense is, and Nathaniel Lockett is special. Uh, his specialty is, you know, making offenses run efficiently. He's got a great quarterback now in Wilson, who's going to learn a new offense and has help around him for once and a solid O-line. What Russell Wilson can do behind a very good O-line scares me. I think it's going to be great things. Confident in the Broncos. I think their defense is awesome, too. Because um, as I mentioned, built like the Chargers, they've got great corners. Deep cornerback run, too. Two-star edge rushers and a great hybrid safety in Justin Simmons. Um, and I no questions about the Broncos. Unless Wilson really struggles, which I could see happening, but it's unlikely for sure. So I'm betting on a best-case scenario. And last but not least, the Las Vegas Raiders, the team that nobody believes in this division. Um, and, and honestly, I, I'm not sure why. I, I get it. They don't have, you know... I. Total, total superstar quarterback, but Derek Carr's been underrated his whole career. Now he has a great connection with Devontae Adams. But before that, I'm jumping the gun. Here's their projected record in the best and worst case scenarios. Projected record for the Raiders, 9-8, over under 8.5. The best case scenario is that thanks to new coach uh, Josh McDaniels and new targets Adams, uh, or new target Devontae Adams, Derek Carr throws for even more yards than last year while improving his touchdown interception ratio, which was 20 to 3 to 14 in 2021. Uh, Jones has designed pairs with Max Crosby to create a rush that flusters the division's other quarterbacks. And by the way, this is what I mean. Like, you have a great pass rushing duo now. You have Chandler Jones, they signed in the offseason. Pairing with Max Crosby, you got it's all already there. The Chiefs don't have a star pass rushing duo like that. And now the worst case scenario, Josh McDaniels is like every other Patriots assistant save for Bill O'Brien. Unable to find his niche outside of the structure of the New England dynasty, Derek Carr is fine compared to the rest of the NFL, but still looks like the fourth best quarterback in this division. Fair on the worst case scenario side, honestly, but I'm a believer in the best case scenario. I think they can compete with the top of them. Um... In the AFC, and honestly, the the best case scenario isn't all that great, but it sounds very realistic. The total opposite of what I was saying before. But Derek Carr is going to improve, that's for sure. He is probably the best connection in the NFL. Their wide receiver uh, quarterback duo is scary and probably top three in the NFL. I would put it one, but I haven't seen it yet. Um, You got a great load of, you know, uh, running backs down there. Darren Waller is always solid. Hunter Renfro. I love as a second wide receiver option. The O-line is where I have a little bit of question marks, but they've kept Carr competitive for years, and this team's probably going to be a lot of shootouts, but I like it. And, you know, even if Josh McDaniels isn't that great, I'm probably the least confident about him as a coach in this division. 
Um, but I, I think he can do good things with this offense. And the defense, they're built the right way too. Uh, you know, they're always a scrappy defense. They always have been. I think their pass rushing duo is enough. They've got a you know, pretty underrated secondary. I think best case scenario for the Las Vegas Raiders. So that has been the episode, guys. I went a little over uh, than I expected with the time, but I hope you guys enjoyed it. Stay tuned for the NFC version of this, and I'll see you next time. Peace.